When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Dre, Jason, is it me? Or are you guys having a hard time finding pickup games or, or leagues to play basketball around your area? Man, I hate it. I'm so out of shape. I need to find somewhere to play basketball again. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, to your point, uh, me as well, but I've tried. I've tried it. It's been brutal. Like, nobody wants to play. Like, not here. Uh, I'm new to this area. Like, nobody's playing with me. Well, you're in luck because I've actually found an easy way to play sports again. So Javelin is a mobile app made by a Toronto-based company whose goal is to make it easier to play sports. So if you have a team or a group of players who you play with on the regular, you can use Javelin to message your teammates, coordinate events, and track who's in and who's out. In addition, you're looking to join a pickup game in your area. You can introduce yourself in one of their public pickup groups to connect with players uh, near you. Really? I got to check this out. Yeah, and that's the the great part about this is that Javelin has made it their goal to help people return to sports after the pandemic. So as part of their promotion, they're offering everything in their app free for everyone who signs up. So make sure you check out Javelin Sports Inc. That's J-A-V-E-L-I-N sportsinc.com to join a pickup game or sport league in your area right now. I think I'm going to continue to say shout out to all the teachers out there for on real. every single start of the episodes because like let's be real like god goddamn being a teacher right now is hard being a teacher in general is hard yeah like this in this point in time in this in, in history this is shout out to all the teachers man that's a that's a fair yeah. shout out fair shout out <laughs> right so I don't know about you man uh when were you sweating buckets when the also reserves were being announced i was i the last person in the world to realize this is alphabetical i think i was i didn't know i i had no oh, idea i was sweating <laughs> no yeah 
And I, this is the first it, time, but... I'll admit, this is the first time, I don't remember the last time, when I actually did not wait for a Shams tweet or Woj tweet. Because it was being announced live without any spoiling from those two individuals, it felt nostalgic. It felt cool to do it that way. Uh-huh. It's a bit hard, like a bit of a hard heartache, right? Like <laughs> it was hard yeah. to have to sit through all that, but totally worth it. It would have been more excruciating well, that, if you didn't make it, they, but yeah. They started off with uh, the Western Conference first. Why do they start the West? And then, I, I feel like it I always is an East thing first. I don't know. Maybe that's the way that the, the, yeah, the no, true. I schedule, I'm sorry, the, the standings always look. It always starts with the East, but why? 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 I don't know. I don't know. You know, correct us. You guys, people listening, correct us if we're wrong. But like, I remember it always starting with the East and then going into the West. Uh, I, I don't know. Um, but let's let's go through let's go through the reserves when they when they announced it again. Welcome to that's podcast, a podcast by Raptors fans for Raptors fans, and the reason why we're going through this is because last week we talked about the All Star. Uh, starters and we kind of went through all the east and the west starters and we kind of gave up our our thoughts and and who we thought should make it and what our thoughts are for like the the beginning starters and you know who we think are going to be with the reserves as well and i remember jay asking you full on and dre too dre's not on this episode for today we miss you buddy i hope you come back soon but when we asked when i asked you guys do you think point blank yes or no answer will fred van vliet be an all-star and pick that as a reserve that you said even before i finished the question you said yes and i'm not saying that i had any doubts but i was cautiously optimistic thinking that fred can make it but there are some choices that i think people will go gravitate towards and you know when they were again we didn't know that it was going to be alphabetical order but when they finally with the tnt when um ernie just was passing the the envelopes to all the three other guys saying the names out one after the other first it was jimmy and then it was darius garland harden levine middleton tatum and again we don't know that this we didn't know that it was going to be alphabetical order but finally they chose they said the name fred van fleet as soon as i think darius garland got it i was nervous i was the most nervous because I thought it was going to be either one of those two. If Fred got it, Darius isn't going to get it. If Darius got it, Fred wasn't going to get it. But again, let's go through. What did you feel, man? Like when they were talking about the East Reserve. Before I go into how I feel, I got to shout out Dre on this one. So we're all messaging each other in the group chat. And he must have lost count. Because after Tatum, he stopped watching. He thought, oh my gosh, oh, no. Fred got snubbed. <laughs> That's it. He lost yeah. count. He thought that was the seventh. It was actually the sixth. So he turned yeah. off the TV. He was angry. He said, no, no, this is this. He was about to go off. And then all of a sudden, you and I are messaging about Fred. And he's like, wait, what? 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 He's in? Wait. wait. <laughs> so he did it? <laughs> on behalf of, of Dre, I think he was more relieved that uh, yeah. Fred got <laughs> in. And I feel the same way. I was sweating it through and Again, it was very weird to go through this old school and not go to Twitter first and and find out the announcement there. But this felt Mm -hmm. right, I guess you could say. And it's 
you know, what and the other thing is because it was alphabetical, that also eases a bit of my my concern that he was the last one to get in. At least in my head now, I'm thinking maybe he was the first one to get in. Who knows? But at least I know now that he's no he he at least for sure. I mean, I should clarify that there's uncertainty whether or not he was last one. Regardless, he's in. Mm-hmm. He deserves it, and I'm I'm very happy for him. I have yeah. questions about the other ones who were chosen. I think you already hinted at, at Garland. I thought I thought he would get in, but as the KD replacement, I'm sure we'll get to that in a second. Um, okay. But do you yeah. want to do you want to jump into like the the surprises? Well, how do you want to go? Well, what do you want to do next? You want to talk about the West? What do you yeah. want to do here? I want to I I want to talk about Fred first. Yeah. Uh, mainly yeah. because this is one, it's a Toronto Raptors podcast. And two is because I, when I was watching this w- with Christine and we were, we were both kind of skeptical about if he was going to make it. And before we even, before they even started announce it, well, at least when they were announced in the West, we were like shooting off, like, who do we think is going to make it if it's not Fred? And she said, you know what? I think James Harden's going to get in because it's James Harden, Jimmy Butler, of course. Uh, and then she threw out um, Chris Middleton and Jason Tatum, guys that I did not think was going to make it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, with with the Celtics not playing the best, and you know Chris Middleton, he's he's good. I'm just thinking that like there's probably other players that are well better deserved. And then so when they were playing these out, I was like, oh my god. Fred is actually not going to make it. And this is making me pretty sad. And as soon as they heard, we heard Fred Van Vliet, both her and I were screaming in joy. We were, we were high-fiving each other. We were so, so happy. And I think that's, it, it's just a different feeling when it comes to Fred because he, knowing, like watching his, his, you know, progression as one, he was undrafted. Of course, we all know that 2016 undrafted 2017 G league champion, 2019 NBA champion in 2020, he signs a huge four year deal, four year deal. 2021 sets a re- franchise record in three points and a half 20 also in the same year, franchise record points in a game. And now in 2022, he is an NBA all-star. And I'm not thinking that this is like, he's an NBA player. He's an NBA all-star. You know, it's not something that we, any of us can really accomplish. Right. But at the same time, it's more like what he had to uh, go through and just always betting on himself makes you feel like you can do what you want to do in your own way and it's just an inspirational story thinking about your own path and how what did you know what fred had to go through to do all this and not bucking at any negativity and continuing to strive for what he you know he like he said in this post game you know you shoot for the moon to see where you land right and it's just this is different when it comes to Fred. And I, I think that the congratulations all over NBA uh, Twitter sphere, Raptors uh, Twitter, like the, the Raptors fan base. Like, I think this is different when it comes to Fred. Yeah. And you raise a couple of great points there. One, the, the post game after, and we, we should point out, we are recording this on Friday afternoon after the Raptors defeated the Bulls and before the Raptors play the Hawks. The reason I bring that up is because during after the Bulls game and that post game uh, conference, he also took us back a bit to an uh, a story that he had never shared before, and that was from right. his first season. And being undrafted, he had to earn his way onto the team. And he said, "Back at the hotel, I would pray every night. Not that 
not about my abilities because I, I'm aware of my abilities. I know what I can do. It's I was more mm-hmm. praying that I would get noticed. And boy, has he ever been noticed. And he is noticed now. And it's well-deserved. And to your point, Jason, like the the congratulations are coming from everywhere, right? It's It was the, the open gym reaction and seeing all the players mob him. It was even just seeing him, you could see how much he wanted this too. He was... He stayed back while the other team, while the the whole team was out there doing shoot around. He stayed in the the hallway waiting for that announcement. But then, of course, as we pointed out at the top of the show, they started with the West. If they had started yeah. with the East, he could have been in the back room, could have gotten it. Instead, he had to find out on the court. It looks like also he found out during the anthem. Possibly, I'm not sure. Anyways, yeah, I think before the anthem or something like that. Yeah, yeah someone in the crowd, which I think Alex once said it might have been William Dew calling yes. it from like the crowd saying that Fred, you made it, Fred, you're an all star. Like from the crowd, that's pretty awesome. I was, you know, I, as you know, I have I have media access, so I take part in the pre and post game pressers, and I gotta say, I was really tempted in the pre game to ask the question of Nick of, you know, with with the announcement coming right around the time you guys hit the court and there being only a couple hundred folks in the crowd, there's a real stark possibility that he's going to find out from the crowd. I really was going to ask that question, yeah, <laughs> but I didn't because I'm like, I've never actually asked a question in these pressers and I don't want that to be my first if it's a weird one. So uh, I, I ended up biting my lip on that one. Having said that, yeah, I would agree with you. I think it possibly was William Liu who who set it out. So shout out to, to William Lou for breaking the news, being his uh, personal yeah. shams there, but uh, well-deserved so, to Fred. Uh, and I'm hoping that this is the first of many and also the first of many things he will take part in, in all-star weekend, because that's true. There's still the three point competition. Mm-hmm. Just and, and so I, I just want to point out that Fred Van Vliet is the eighth uh, NBA All-Star chosen as a Toronto Raptors. And to name the eight, we have Antonio Davis, Vince Carter, Chris Bosh, DeMar DeRozan, Kyle, Kyle Lowry, Kawhi Leonard, Pascal, and now Fred Van Vliet. And he is also the fourth in NBA history um, in the modern era to be selected as an All-Star being an undrafted player. Again, I mean, the story, there, there can't be any... Like this is a fairy tale, right? For for Fred, for Raptors fans, and having Demar there too. Like even when after Fred was mobbed by his own teammates, you saw Demar come over too, and and congratulating him as well because obviously uh, Demar was his was one of the vets that brought that helped bring Fred up under his wing. And can I just point out something, man? Is that I know you know you you take a grain of salt when it comes to social media and stuff, but Kyle Lowry congratulated Fred Van Vliet on Instagram before Jimmy Butler. And DeMar DeRozan congratulated Fred Van Vliet before Zach Lee. Interesting. I'm just saying. Interesting. Just saying. The, the, it, it runs deep, man. Raptor culture runs deep. That's a very interesting observation. I like that. Yeah, man. So... Speaking of which, when it comes to Fred VanVleet, he's going to be he he's going to be in Cleveland. But not only is he going to be in the All Star game, I'm kind of hoping that he's going to be part of either the skills competition or the uh, three point competition. Do you think that he could be part of any of those two? We weren't planning on talking about this, and honestly, the the 
there's still some details to be found out, but apparently the skills challenge is, is changing and there will be a, it'll be a team of three. I don't know the details yet because uh, there are rumors that the Antetokounmpo brothers are going to participate in the skills challenge as one of those trios. So I, again, I don't know what the details are, but it has something to do with teams of three. So having said that, I would doubt that Van Vliet will end up in the skills challenge in some sort of a trio unless, let's say, Pascal Siakam makes it in as a replacement to KD and they pair him up with Scotty Barnes, who will be taking part in the Rising Stars challenge. I don't know. But for now, I'm going to say he's not going to take part in the skills challenge, although he would absolutely kill it. Um, yep. But the three-point competition is a different story, right? He is the only player in the NBA with as many shots as he has. I think it's something like if he, any NBA player who takes at least, I think the number is seven, seven three-pointers, he's the only one who averages 40% shooting on that. But that was, I don't know if that's an updated stat. That might be a little old, but it, the well, point is... At the moment, he's at, he's at 9.93 points attempt this year. It's insane, right? It's insane. So, I use seven as the, the benchmark because like there's very few to get up to 9.3 but uh i also use seven because that's kind of the the benchmark that that steph curry laid out a few years ago right so you're thinking of the steph curry amount of shots that he takes he's hitting them at a rate much better than steph curry so mm-hmm. again well deserved and i think that if that's enough to get him in a three-point competition hey that's let's see that side winding shot get a get a trophy you know what? I also think that if there was a three-point or if there were any changes to the three-point contest, there has to be a, a full-court shot or like a logo logo shot. I think they had it um, a few years ago. I think it was like a Sprite shot yeah, or yeah. something like that, Mountain Dew shot, when it was like the the like corner uh It was like threes. the – wasn't it a four-point ball or something like that? Like it counted Four for point, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think they should bring that back. I think, you know, someone like obviously Trey Young, Steph Curry, now Fred Van Vliet, they're like logo threes are no longer surprising. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think with that, and, and the last time there was a three point competition, I believe that was still a thing. So who knows if that's something that they carry over? It, it's obvious that they're trying to make changes. I mean, if if they've already made changes to the Rising Stars Challenge, which we talked about last week, um, there, there's rumors of like the changes to the skills challenge. There probably will be changes to the three-point competition and maybe even to the dunk contest. I don't know. But but to go back yeah. to your original question, I think that Fred deserves a spot. For me, it's I'm impartial. If he gets in, that's great. If he doesn't, at least he's an all-star. So I'm happy either way. Mm-hmm. So you said that the the normally what's like the the cutoff point when it comes to whomever is throwing up at more three-point attempts is like five per game or something like that i i it's more of an arbitrary number that i i pulled up but i remember we were looking up the stat a couple weeks ago and and anyone that averages more than seven three-point because like the number of three-pointers that a lot of these players take now is just keeps growing by the day and uh I think I was researching something for for the wrap up, and I used seven as the benchmark because it pulled in a a, a fair number of of players who get to that number. Because when it gets to nine, then it's like only a handful, right? And I wanted a bigger sample size, so that's why I arrived at seven. No other st- statistical reason other than that. Well, if it was seven, then you know another player who is on the Raptors roster that's shooting more than th- seven three pointers a game. I think I do. 
please indulge. Well, someone who was about to, uh, I guess, break the Raptor record of five three pointers made in a game. Uh, He didn't he didn't do it the last game, but it was going to be Gary Trent Jr. who is shooting at least three point or eight three point attempts a game and shooting about a 40 percent clip. So. If there's somebody else who is also in contention to be in the three-point contest, I think it should be Gary Trent Jr. That's a fair that's a fair one. I think that he definitely would deserve it. The great part is that his recent streak of 30 plus points for 5 games in a row tying DeMar DeRozan. I mean, that's the side like a bit of a tangent here, but there was a bit of an irony in in DeMar DeRozan being the opponent because DeMar could have essentially been like, I I will be the one who will single-handedly stop you from breaking my record. But it ended (laughs) up being a story of who cares about the 30 points, like Fred's an all-star and DeMar's there to witness it. So that's what it ended up being. But bringing it back to to Gary, I think that he is absolutely worthy of it. You know, we we briefly touched upon that seven three-point attempts per game. So I pulled it up while you were talking and there are 35 players in the NBA. Again, that's, that's more of a, to me, that's a good sample size to work with of those 35, uh, two are, I mean, the two in the top 10 for percentage are Gary Trent Jr. And Fred Van Vliet. Uh, Gary Trent Jr. Is sixth out of those 35 with 39.6% shooting. Fred Van Vliet is a, couple spots below at eighth at 39 percent amazing amazing because 40 percent is kind of your your that's the that's the the benchmark benchmark that's the word i'm looking for uh for for three point you want to hit 40 percent and the fact they're doing that on that many attempts is outstanding so going back to your your point yes gary trent jr three-point contest i think that the 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 other point i was going to make was this recent hot streak he's been on happens to happen now when everyone is thinking about all-star right so his accomplishments are fresh in the minds of of those that are are making these choices so uh, i mean a part again a part of me goes to and this kind of is tied to my earlier answer a time i would love to see him in there but also hey man he's one of the league leaders in minutes i'm good with him getting a bit of a rest here that's fair yeah well both of them right um so I I think that knowing that Fred's going to be in all uh in there in Saturday Sunday, it'd be fun to see both Fred and uh, Gary Trent on Saturday. But you know, not only do you have uh, some of uh, the starting lineup Raptors in the in the All Star break, but you also have Scotty Barnes as well as Precious Achua playing on Friday, which is the uh, rookie versus sophomore that big whole challenge tournament thing that you were kind of explaining to us too. So they're not getting any rest either. But um, okay, so let's go back to the reserves and the starters uh, with, for the, both the East and West. Let's go through them a little bit. Um, Again, they they we're recording this on a Friday, the February fourth. Uh, they announce the reserves on February third, and let's go through the East uh, again. I think when it comes to Jimmy Butler from the Miami Heat, I think he's well deserving. James Harden, uh, he's not really having the 
best year. Uh, but again, it's James Harden. You can't really knock him from not being an all-star. I think Zach Levine uh, is having a fantastic year. He's well-deserved. Darius Garland as well. Uh, I thought that um, Fred Van Vliet and Darius Garland are both kind of uh, uh, you know, tit for dat when it comes to all-star uh who should be an all-star and also the fact that it is going to be in Cleveland. I think it's a good nod for Garland to Garland to for Garland to be in there. Uh, Chris Middleton. I don't know. I'm not a Bucks fan. Jason Tatum, you know, again, kind of like in the same boat when it comes to James Harden. I think that even though Boston Celtics are not having the greatest year at all, Jason Tatum is still the mainstay. And of course, Fred Van Vliet. Was there any surprises from those East starters, Jay, for you? Uh, before I jump into my thoughts, maybe we should. Would you mind going through Dre's uh, thoughts? Yeah, he, absolutely. He, again, he couldn't make today's episode, but he definitely wanted to chime in. Uh, do you want to go through his uh, his thoughts here, or do you want me to uh, go yeah, through? Yeah, sure. I I think I think it would be better if you kind of went through it because I already told him my thoughts. No, no, for sure, for sure. So, you know, Tatum getting the nod during a so-so year is is interesting to him. Um, but he's actually wondering if if Jalen Brown is actually the more worthy um, Celtics mm-hmm. uh, representative. So I think we have to ask a Celtics fan when it comes to that because both of them, like the Celtics in general, aren't doing the best. But those two are still the mainstays of them. It's just everybody else is playing like garbage. So it's very interesting. It's an interesting thought to think of Jalen Brown over Jason Tatum. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, he's along the same lines with what you're thinking, you know, Garland did deserve it despite Harden's low season by his standards. And I agree with, with Dre on this, right? It, it is a bit of a low season for Harden, but at the same time, it's like a low season for him is still some pretty damn good numbers. So yeah, I like 30, plus and, and yeah five. almost averaging a triple double again and that's again yeah. on a down season so uh I'll, I'll i'll let that one pass i think that you know despite the low season he's, he's still putting up some monstrous numbers here jimmy bucket was the i don't know if you remember last week or actually in my wrap-up from two weeks ago i was talking about siakam's case for the all-star and i said there were two locks one of them was jimmy butler the other one is Jared Allen. So obviously I was wrong. Mm. So we'll, we'll revisit Jared Allen just a second. So Jimmy Buckets definitely deserves it. Zach Levine, Dre thinks he should have been a starter. I would agree with that. But at the same time, he's in. That's all that matters. And then he's finally, uh, again, another area that I agree with him on this is Chris Middleton. He says, I like him a lot as a player, but can't help but think that there is someone more deserving. However, I'm a fan, so I'm not complaining too much. That's where... Uh, it gets a bit different for me. I am not a fan. And I also think he does not deserve a spot. <laughs> not only is he having a low season, he's having career lows almost across the board. And then mm-hmm. you throw in the fact that, okay, well, maybe he's helping out the... No, he's not helping the Bucks team. This is ca- being carried even more by Giannis Antetokounmpo. I think that this is a a product of the Bucks being champions. Champions, yeah. Mm-hmm. A product of them having a... a top five record in the east but i don't think it is a product of middleton's work if anything drew holiday is more deserving than chris middleton Absolutely. and i get i get what you're going to say you know to the to the folks out there who are pining for him to make the team is that you know holiday is a guard though and the guards are stacked and if you're going to put in holiday maybe that means van Vliet doesn't get in or garland who are also very deserving and i get that but i just don't think that middleton should have been the choice at forward 
I just said Jared Allen. I just said Pascal Siakam. Mm-hmm. So there's two more deserving who I think could have made it over Middleton. And to be frank, you know, since I'm talking about who should have made it in, I, I mentioned this previously, I think, but Tatum averages almost five points more per game than Siakam. But that's it. That's the one stat that he's higher yeah. than Siakam in. Siakam is better than him in almost every stat. He plays for a team with a better record. I don't know why Siakam isn't in over Tatum, but I get it. They're going to say that Tatum is the the leader of that team and he's leading them. And I don't know, he's leading them to a record that's just barely above 500. I don't know why that's relevant. Siakam mm-hmm. is the number two on the Raptors team with almost a similar record, which is probably going to be the argument. But let's face it, Siakam has been a better player than Tatum this year. So he deserves it. And that's my rant. Any other players that you think are snubbed when it comes to the East? I have a few. I only have one um, other. But, um, and okay. I think that it'll, I think the replacement for KD will ultimately come down to will they choose another fan favorite for Cleveland and go with Jared Allen? Or will right. they go with a Hornet squad that is performing, that is over, overachieving? and doesn't have an all-star and LaBella ball is, has a game that is made for the all-star game. So yes, it's going to be one of those two. I, in my opinion, uh, ideally both of them get in and Middleton gets the F out, but that's my thoughts. Uh, (laughs) were you going to say LaMelo? I was going to say LaMelo. I was, I was thinking about, uh, DeMontis Sabonis, but even on, you know, the TNT broadcast, like Draymond had it right. Indiana Pacers aren't very good. And so just because you want a, a big in there doesn't mean that you really need Sabonis. I just like Sabonis, but outside of that, I mean, you know, choose your poison when it comes to who you think you should be. I, I, if anybody is going to be, um, you know, to, as a also reserve or injury reserve, I would probably give it to Jared Allen mainly because one, there isn't a, a very many bigs, and also it is in Cleveland. I understand the Lamelo Ball uh, uh, choice as well because, like you said, he is definitely uh, he's basically a two K player when you know you want it to be a All Star game, so he's just going to throw the most ridiculous passes, and you know. As much as I want Pascal to be there and much as that he deserves to be there, if Middleton is in there and if Jason Tatum is in there already, the totem pole when it comes to Siakam in the in their list of who should be a, who is a snub or who's going who should be in as a injury reserve, a, I th- I just feel like Siakam's way down in the line, you know. And it's not it's not I think that he is because I think he definitely deserves to be uh, you know a reserve, uh, let alone like a starter or anything like that, but. I just don't feel like the NBA is going to pick Siakam knowing that Fred's going to be there too. No, I would, I would agree with you. And it's, it's unfortunate, but like I was telling my friends who are also kind of down on Siakam, not making it is that he will get the last laugh when he makes the all NBA team, when he gets mm, some votes for all yes. defensive and possibly makes it there too. Like he will get the last laugh in all this. He's already been an all-star we know he's deserving. And one more final point on on who should be. So wait, is your choice Lamelo then for the KD replacement? Uh, I would choose Jared. I would yeah. choose Jared over Lamelo. Oh, cool. Uh, that was my choice too. Uh, the only other reason outside of what we've already said is 
we have not heard from an angry LeVar Ball in a while. So let's make him angry. <laughs> let's go with Jared Allen over LaMelo. Yeah. yeah. How can you not have an all-star game without an angry LaMelo? Ball? Come on. No, there's LeVar Ball. Exactly. 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 Let's get him angry. Yeah. Okay. Let's go. Uh, before we take a quick break, let's go to the West Reserve. So we got uh, the well-deserved i think the two phoenix suns players devin booker and chris paul you got luka Doncic from dallas mavericks rudy gobert utah jazz draymond green golden state warriors who's going to be a uh injured who won't be able to play and uh i think my my the happiest i i've been for this guy to be an all-star as well as dre who thinks he should be an all-star as well uh and i think you're in the same boat jay with Carl Anthony Towns. I think that he is well, well, well deserved, not only because he's playing amazing, but I, I just think that he deserves the love that he should get. And as a timber as a timber wolf, that's a really hard shit for him. <laughs> so I'm just glad that Cat is in uh, as a reserved all-star. Yeah, very well deserved for all of them, except for maybe Spider. I don't know if you mentioned Spider Mitchell, but he also made Oh, I it. didn't mention Spider. Sorry, sorry. I didn't. I didn't. And, I, and as well, Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. There is a bit of irony in that because he's the one I'm I'm questionable about. And I get it. Like Utah is one of the top teams in the NBA. And it, it's, it's you know what? I, I sh- I'm nitpicking here because I'm trying to find a way to get DeJounte Murray into the All-Star I, yes. game. That was, gonna, that was a huge snub for me. I thought DeJounte definitely deserves it. And that's the thing is the hard part about it is that I agree it's a snub, but I don't know if it's a huge one because a lot of the guys that you listed, all of them are deserving and all of them have had amazing seasons. So this one, to me, at least the West feels like the coaches got it right. We could quibble about who got left out, but at the same time, I don't think there's any arguing really against any of the seven that made it. Again, I'm, again, I'm nitpicking with, with Mitchell, but he's been outstanding. So... Uh, as much as I want to see Murray in there, I think that this best and only chance is if he ultimately gets named as the replacement for for Draymond, um, because mm-hmm. the season that he's having, it's it's he's one of four players with, I think it's twenty points, nine rebounds, nine assists, something that affect very close to averaging a triple double, something that you're getting out of Russell Westbrook, Nikola Jokic, and Luka Doncic. Those are three big names that are synonymous with triple doubles. So Murray's made his way yeah. up there, and it's unfortunate that he's on the Spurs team that is uh, performing very poorly. And more of a statement on the West, poorly, but still somehow in a race for the tenth spot. That's kind of gives you a sign of how how sad things are in the lower part of the West, of the West bracket. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I there's one player that I kind of feel bad for um, because he is on a good team was uh, Mikael Bridges. I think that he is like I think, again he's not like all star all star. You know when you think of all star, you think of Mikael Bridges, but because you have someone like Devin Booker and Chris Paul not as a starter, I, automatically you're not going to have Mikael Bridges in there. But I feel like he should have some recognitions each time he's on the floor. Like he he changes the game for me. Yeah, when it came to talking about snubs, the bridges I was expecting to talk about was was Miles, not Mikhail, but I think you're right. I think that he has been integral mm-hmm. in in Phoenix's rise this year. Uh, no well, Miles would be would, would be for the East though. Right, right, understood. Uh but it's just funny how like neither of us mentioned his name 
And yet, oh, I would think that he Kenton. is probably closer to being named a reserve than Mikhail, right? Like, yeah, yeah, uh, fair point. Yeah, and and but but going back to to the Phoenix Bridges, he is outstanding. He's that uh, he's like the OG Anunobi of that team. He, he's soft spoken. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He won't get the recognition because there are brighter stars on that team. But damn it, is he important? And he's going to end up on the all defense team this year, and he's going to end up on some most improved ballots, and he's still going to fly under the radar, and that's just fine because Phoenix is sitting pretty number one in the NBA yeah. with his services. So whether or not he makes the All Star game, I'm sure he doesn't care. I'm sure Phoenix fans are are happy that he's flying under the radar, but uh, yeah, totally deserving think- that guy. I I love the comparison when you come with OG and Anobi because as a Raptor fan. We love OG so much, and you would never want to touch him in any of the trade talks or anything like that. But at the same time, it's like you're kind of glad that he doesn't get the recognition that he truly deserves because he's one, he's on the Raptors, and two, because the everyone's already talking about Fred and Pascal. But knowing OG is kind of flying under the radar is okay with us Raptors fans because more and more people, if he's like on a All Star reserve or something, people are going to start recognizing that, or you know, they're going to turn a lot more heads than we are more comfortable with. <laughs> so I'm glad that someone like OG and of course uh, for Phoenix, they're probably like, yeah, let's, let's keep it on the down low when it comes to Mikhail. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I would. So I would when it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, if listeners are wondering when it comes to Dre's point of view, he actually thinks that uh, both Gobert and spider are locks. Yeah. Which is very, which is quite interesting. I think the Gobert talk definitely because he's going to be at least he's going to be at least the top three deserving when it comes to the defensive player of the year spider it's it's almost like now you know don't quote me on this but it's almost like if you have rudy there you have to automatically think that donovan should be there because what does the nba fans look at they think of offense uh, automatically not defense so i think that rudy was probably the first go ahead and then the coach was like mm, you kind of have to put donovan in there too do you agree with me on that one uh, I think it's um, only partly. I think that that Mitchell has had enough of an impact, and the stats speak to this that he's he's at least mostly deserving of of the spot. Uh, mm-hmm. And I guess if I'm going to go along with your line of thinking, there's some merit to it because if you look at uh, you know you're right in terms of okay the the All Star game is made to a entertain the fans. Um, and be with a slight preference to offense. So the fact that the West has Gobert and Draymond in there is mm-hmm. uh, is probably more of an impetus. Okay, let's make sure that someone really offensive minded gets in here. So let, let's bring in yeah. Mitchell. I can see that, um, but I also think that he's he's kind of earned it. So you know, it's kind of a wash for me. So okay, now the final question I want to ask you, man. There's going to be, we know already, and knock on wood, we don't want any injuries at all when it comes to these players. But knowing that both Kevin Durant in the East and uh, Draymond Green in the West are not going to participate in the All Star weekend and the All Star Sunday night game, who and who do we think that is going to be called up for as an injury reserved? Uh, for the East, I'm, I, I am split just as I imagine Adam Silver will be on this. Dre says Lamella Ball. You and I say Jared Allen. I think he will be one of those two. I think all three of yeah. us could probably agree that Siakam is more deserving than both. But 
I will stick to my gun, say it should be Jared Allen. But then I also think that with Charlotte not having one, I think Dre's going to be right on this one. I think it'll be LaMelo. And then on the West, mm-hmm. uh, I agree with Dre. I think DeJounte Murray is the most deserving. Uh, it's tough to say who it could be as a replacement. The fact that I can't think of anyone as deserving as DeJounte Murray probably means it should be DeJounte Murray. So what are your <laughs> thoughts? Um, I want to give a shout out to Jaron Jackson Jr. Yep. Um, yep. I think that he should be uh, the you know thought uh, about when it comes to injury reserve. Uh, also, when it comes to the Memphis Grizzlies are, are fantastic right now. So I think that you know you really have to think closely when it comes to Triple J. And also, I'm going to throw a hat out there. Just, just throw a little flag out there. Uh, Shea Gildress. Mm-hmm. You know? He's he's playing on a shitty OKC team, but that's okay. He's still he's still averaging twenty two points and five assists. Like let's let's uh let's get some Kenny and love there. All right, well let's take a little bit of a break. Uh, Raptor fans, let us know how you feel about Fred Van Vliet. Uh, I'm I'm sure you're as excited as we are. I'm so happy for that guy. And uh, let us know who you think should be in as a injury reserve. But until then, let's take a break. Talk to you guys. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Shouts to Reggie Jackson for demolishing Laker hearts by dancing to a buzzer beater. I don't know. Did you see that that buzzer beater? Oh, no, not buzzer no, beater. I did the not. the game winner, Clippers over the Lakers. A pair of <laughs> mediocre teams <laughs> battling out for mediocrity, and yeah, the one who lost less was the Clippers, and it was. <laughs> You know what I love yeah. about uh, LA and and the whole ESPN. Uh, I, I love how everyone thinks that we care about who runs LA. <laughs> Nobody cares, zero percent. I don't care if the Lakers are have LeBron. I don't care if the Clippers have their own arena. I don't care. But it, again, they're both mediocre teams, and 
this is a Raptors podcast. So welcome back to a, That's a Wrap, uh, a podcast by Raptors fans, for Raptors fans. Again, Fred Van Vliet, eat your heart out. Richard Jefferson is a all-star, an NBA <laughs> all-star. Um, I, I love the fact that he is an all-star. Just, you know, we talked about it in the first half. We talked about his story from undrafted G League champ to NBA champ to all NBA all-star. What? a story and i i guess like what sherm and paul said uh during their post game as well or the the i guess the nightcap if you will on youtube they're saying i cannot wait to see the fred van vliet story when when all is said and done because that's incredible it's an incredible story but uh i want to end off by talking about the toronto raptors i mean this is a raptors podcast right these guys are on some they, they they've got something going now they we are 50 games in we are the raptors are 27 and 23 while we're recording this again we are the raptors are playing the uh atlanta hawks tonight on february 4th so we'll see where we're at right now they're on a four game winning street and we are a game and a half behind the number six nets who are on a six game losing streak. my goodness but I mean, 50 games in, Dre, uh, Jay, and I was going to, uh, the reason why I say Dre, because I had Dre in my mind, he was the one who thought that, I mean, he said it point blank, he thought, he thinks that the Raptors are playing much better than himself, than a lot of fans are thinking, uh, and I think that they're only hitting their stride now, you know, and it kind of sucks that the All-Star break is coming up because they're playing so well, and, you know, I, I know that Ken Birch is kind of slowly going to come back with his broken nose. He only played five minutes uh, the last game, and but the fact that the Raptors are knock on wood, finally healthy, this team is hella dangerous. Jay, what do you think when it comes to the next couple of games? Uh, we have the, again, like I said, the Hawks coming up, and then the Charlotte Hornets on Monday. And then we kind of have a, you know, we, we don't know what to say easier schedule when it comes to the Thunder and Rockets. But, you know, you never take a game for granted. But what do you think? How do you think that the Raptors are going to, you know, go about the next couple of games? I think it, there's a lot of promise, right? This this stretch against East Foes was something that was probably circled on their calendars when the schedule came out. It's mm -hmm. eight games, four opponents, two each, and with two of them left, the Raptors are five and one in this in this stretch. That's great. That's a great sign that this team is gelling at the right time. Again, you you alluded right. to the fact that this is a team that's finally healthy, right? And a number that that jumped out to me, and something that you've probably noticed in a lot of these wins is the Raptors. Let, let's discount the, the Bulls game for a second here. The, the previous five games, there was a trend, right? It was Raptors start slow. They are down mm -hmm. at halftime, third quarter. They ratchet it up, and they turn around the game and pull out a close win at the end. That seems to have been the formula for the past few games. And the numbers bear bear fruit, right? They, they, they back that up. The Raptors are the fourth best third quarter team in the nba uh net rate rating of 8.7 that's very close to second and third who are the celtics and the sixers uh, and very very far behind the front running warriors who you know i think that's a sign of the coach really right that you're after halftime yeah. you're looking at kerr udoka rivers and nurse that quartet of coaches again udoka is still relatively new but that shows you that they know how to make the adjustments at halftime. And I think that the, mm -hmm. the Raptors, what they're showing, it's such a sight to see, right? The, the 
when they're locked in defensively, I don't think there's a team in the NBA that that can get locked in like these Raptors do. I think that the I I'm I don't know who I'm quoting on this, but I think it's been said that the greatest trick that the Raptors pulled was fooling people into thinking that they were small because they're not. <laughs> yes, they That's don't so have a single true. center. Yes, they don't have a single player over six foot nine, but damn it, they're long. They are long mm-hmm. and they're annoying. And fan and rival teams are seeing this firsthand. They're seeing it in bunches. They see it when the defense gets ratcheted up in the third quarter and all you see are arms arms everywhere arms which lead to transition baskets so yeah i'm very optimistic about this uh in a, a recent round table i'll just finish this thought on a recent Sorry, round table yeah. on, on raps hq it, which should be coming out today i believe or, or possibly tomorrow the question was about you know have the the raptors ceiling has it been raised over this last little stretch and i would say yes it has. 100%, yeah. Before the season, I was very optimistic about this team. And then it went down a bit when they were all unhealthy and, and guys were missing games. But now it's up even higher than it was preseason because now I'm thinking they can run with any team in the East because in the last five days, they've defeated the East number one team three times. Three times. That's <laughs> incredible. So true. So I don't care that the other teams weren't 100%. Neither were we. So I'm taking these wins mm-hmm. and I'm I'm taking it up as okay, the ceiling's pretty damn high. They're basically you know that like blow up doll that, that just waves its arms all all the time because of the hot air. Yes. It just goes like flailing its arms. I feel like that's the Raptors defense. That is every single position. It's also <laughs> a very good depiction of Chris Boucher. But yes, to the rest of the team, yeah. absolutely. You're right. <laughs> that's 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 true. And and to to your point, I mean the Heat and Bows basically flopped their standings because of the Raptors, you know? And that just is just a testament to the, the the this this Raptors crew who is young but also is not going to take shit from no one and doesn't care who is on the floor and doesn't care what what the score is and i think nurse put it best when and during the post game the raptors probably should have taken that bulls team a little bit easier uh than ot because they were up by 10 i believe with like four minutes to go and then the bulls went on the run i mean they're they're first now in the east and there was no you know heads lowered or anything like that it's just like you know what let's there's there's ot let's let's get it and knowing that we just the played uh you know the the heat uh a triple overtime and then the heat again and then uh and then we're going for the bulls for an overtime like there there's there's no animosity when it comes to like crap we could have got this we could have got this win uh easier they they just keep on going they keep on winning and I also don't feel like any team from one to five, and I and I I repeat this so many times. I don't think there is any team in the top of the East that wants to face the Raptors in the first round. It's one of those teams that you're just like, damn it, these guys are gonna even you know four games, five games, six games, seven games doesn't matter. It's gonna be a dogfight every single ten, every single game. Again, the Raptors don't have like that full t- that you know one-on-one superstar that is really only a handful of them in the in the league are we sure gary trent isn't are we sure oh, i don't know actually yeah you know that stretch there, is... there could be superstars in the making maybe but there's not one right now and 
I don't, again, I don't feel like anybody, uh, you know, six above are comfortable with us as a first round opponent. And do you like, I just feel like they're in a another tier right now. And I think, and I agree with you when it comes to that round table, if that the ceiling is higher, it has, it has it risen. And I a hundred percent agree that it has. Yeah. And, and I think that's why we, you and I have said it a couple of times in this pod without even knowing it, we keep referencing the sixth seed because I think that's the, the, goal of their regular season is to finish somewhere in the top six even if it is sixth because you don't want to put your season down to one game or even two right obviously it's it's down to two games if you're if you fall in that seven to ten play in bracket if you can avoid that and they've shown that they can play to the level of the top of the, the top teams in the east then you're you're shielding yourself from any upsets. You're shielding yourself from these one-game hot streaks that always seem to happen with a Raptors opponent and and someone random going off for thirty points or hitting eight three-pointers. You eliminate that risk, and you get yourself into a series. And now over a series, and this is why I keep coming back to the Raptors playing eight games against the same four opponents twice each. Is that so far? The Raptors have made the adjustment and come back and won each of them, right? With the Heat, mm-hmm. there was an adjustment, so we didn't need three overtimes to beat them the second time around. With the Bulls, it was, all right, we're not going to lose this time. Let's just get out and kill them from the jump. Let's not get out to this slow start. So with the Hawks, you'd think that they'll come out even stronger than they did than they did on Monday. And then, of course, with the Hornets, I don't know if you can come out any stronger than defeating them quite handily like they did last Tuesday, but... You know, the hope there is that, and the thinking there is that Nurse knows how to adjust, even if it's in-game. That's why I referenced the third quarter earlier. He knows how to reference mm-hmm. and, and, sorry, how to um, make the right adjustments as these teams come up. And the fact that they're coming up on a much shorter interval shows you how well-prepared his, his him and his staff are. So, again, coming back to my original point, if these Raptors finish in the top six, look out. Like, really, like, I know this is supposed to be a development year a a watch and see year uh, but they're exceeding expectations and now we're getting greedy and now it's almost time that that we get greedy and it's fine to want bigger things of this raptor squad and it's fine for the rap for raptors fans to want masai ujiri to make a deal within the next couple of days before the deadline on thursday upgrade this bench because the east is there for the taking and no one no one is a favorite right now. Everyone, it's, it's everyone's jumbled together. Like you referenced that the Nets are only a game and a half up on the Raptors. I mean, even the Heat, the Heat, which are sitting pretty at second, they're only three games up on the Raptors in the loss column. Like this is very much attainable for the Raptors oh, and yeah. they're, they're gelling mm-hmm. at the right time. 100%. I 100% agree with that. All right. Well, uh, Raptors fans, let us know what you guys think about the rest of the season. Again, 50 games in. You got, we're seventh in the East right now while we're recording this. So let us know what you guys think, as well as, you know, Fred Van Vliet, your NBA All Star. And next week, like Dre, like Jay said, uh, Thursday is the trade deadline. We'll see if Asai and Bobby make any moves. We'll talk then again next week. So, Jay. Where can we find you, brother? You can find me on Twitter at Rosalosaurus. Uh, my work of, is always on Raptors HQ, which is where you're catching this podcast. I regularly 
contribute to the Raptors HQ roundtable. I think that should be out today. So look out for my answers there on Connor McCreary's uh, weekly post. And then, of course, I have my own post every Monday, the wrap up where I preview the games of the week. Next week is looking good. Uh, you know, you alluded to this already, Jason, but Hornets, Thunder, Rockets, and then a home game against the Nuggets. That is four winnable games, if you ask me. But look out for my my column on Monday where I'll break it down even further and, and make my picks there. Awesome. You can find Dre on his uh, movie podcast, The K-Cut on Films with Talent. You can find us on the That's a Rap Pod on Twitter. Again, guys, Fred Van Vliet, your NBA All-Star. Till next week, that's a wrap. Pretty All-Star from Brentford. <laughs> I can't do it like Devlin. He's too Rockford, bad. this is for you. <laughs>